You're listening to the Independent News Hour on WBAI Radio in New York. I'm John Tarleton, editor in chief of the Independent, New York City's progressive newspaper and website. Uh, in our uh, third and final segment, we're going to uh, talk more about uh, the COP26 uh, UN climate summit that's underway in Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, so much at stake. Uh, certainly here in New York, we've seen the power of climate change over and over again Hurricane Sandy, Hurricane Ida, uh, subway stations flooded uh, with uh, torrential rains. And, and so much more. And uh, I'm now joined by Nancy Romer of the New York City People's Climate Movement. Nancy, welcome to 99.5 FM. Thank you, John. Yeah, so you have a really outstanding article in the November issue of The Independent um, that really uh, spells out what's at stake in, in Glasgow. Uh, for our listeners, can you uh, uh, so kind of sum that up and, and outline, uh, you know, what is uh, on the table at Glasgow and what needs to happen and your concerns about what um, how uh, leaders may f- fall short again. Well, what's on the table is trying to keep global climate, uh, global temperatures down, uh, uh, no, no more increase than 1.5 degrees Celsius. It's 2.7 Fahrenheit uh, from pre-industrial uh, temperatures. And uh, we're shooting right past that. It, it means a, a, a decrease in uh, carbon emissions globally by 50% by the end of the, um, the decade, and then quickly decreasing further after that. Um, there has only been increases, not decreases, since the last COP, even though there were all sorts of promises. Um, one of the big problems is uh, that... Um, heads of state or their representatives will make a promise and then they don't always, they're usually not able to keep that promise because they have to deal with the politics back home. In the case of our uh, country, it's great that Biden will make a lot of noise in favor of keeping temperatures uh, down, but then he's got to deal with the Congress and not being able to even fulfill Build Back Better. So that's one big problem. Another big problem in COP is that there is not an enforcement mechanism. It's a um, a, a club of choice. There's no there's no way that uh, they can uh, create enforcement mechanisms. Uh, so that even if a, a good agreement is set, it, it doesn't mean that the nations will actually come through and um, uh, actualize uh, th- their promises. And certainly that's happened in the United States. And we saw what happened with the last COP, uh, Trump just dropping us out completely of the Paris Climate Accords. So it's uh, it's sort of a club uh, that you decide to join and you can decide to drop right out of it. And some of the larger emitters, carbon emitters like China and, and, and Russia, not as bad as we are, Russia, but pretty bad, uh, they're not even there. So I think that... Um, uh, we shouldn't have our hopes set on uh, COP26, although right. can, it's going to happen. Right. And, and can you talk about the people's movements uh, around the world as well as here in New York that are are trying to uh, create uh, accountability to, to finally get our leaders to really take serious, committed action? Well, I want to say one, I want to follow up on Lee's wonderful report. Okay. And that one of the the good things that comes out of the COPs is greater unity of the global climate justice movements. 
because what ha it's true that they're sidelined or they're a little maybe wined and dined or allowed a buffet here or there. But the most important part of the COP in terms of people's movements is that they get together. These movements get together. They get to talk to each other face to face and make plans for the future. It, it helps in the globalization of the climate justice movement. So that's a big plus. Um, something comes out of that. Uh, so so let, let's not completely dismiss the process. Sure. What's going on in, in um, I'll, I'll talk about New York City and New York State. Uh, that's most of your audience. We are uh, painfully aware that we may not get very much from Build Back Better in terms of climate policy. We'll get a little cutting around the edges and some tax breaks and stuff for uh for climate projects, but it's, and, and we're build not back going better to... is is President Biden's uh, uh, social infrastructure plan that's uh, been hamstrung in Congress for for months. Correct. Right. It's social in infrastructure and it has climate features too. Uh, most of the the larger climate features um, are, are being um, eliminated by Manchin. So. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we can't expect huge changes, tiny changes, yes, small changes, yes, but not big ones from the federal government. Biden himself has said plan B, which is the states. The states need to move on climate change and make make the difference. Now, I mean, it, it, of course, it's going to be better if it's global and it's going to be better if it's national. Um, and what we've got right now are the states. And we're fortunate to be in New York State, which is a large state, a powerful state, and hopefully a progressive state. We'll see. Uh, California, the same. There are a number, Illinois, there are a number of, of um, states that can actually have an impact. Um, but in New York State, we, we, I have some bringing some good news. All right, is, bring it on. I'm happy to bring some good news. Um, about 20 organizations that have been working in the state including the very large one, New York Renews, and uh, other ones like the Public Power Coalition and um, a, a, number of, a number of the 350s and uh, New York Communities for Change are all coming together in a collaborative called Climate Can't Wait 2022. And we will be bringing forth a dozen uh, bills to the state legislature will all be supporting these 12 bills, although different organizations will take the lead in organizing on those particular bills. And if we were able to do that, we'd see a big change in New York State. So there's a lot of exciting things happening. If people are interested in plugging in and helping in small ways and large ways, I've got a movement for you. <laughs> Great. And, and, and speaking of movement building, uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, the the growth and evolution of uh, New York City People's Climate Movement? Uh, that was another uh, group that really came out of a, a mass protest moment, as I recall, the, the People's Climate March in September of 2014. I think 400,000 people participated in the march. Uh, I mean, the Independent covered that um, like a blanket that whole summer. But be, after that march was over, you all kept on uh, sort of marching uh, through the institutions and, and winning some uh, important battles. Well, we have. And, and I, I, I must say, from the very beginning, the People's Climate Movement was always a big coalition of lots of groups. So we, we sort of we've got the name. But okay. the reality is so much bigger. 
So sure. I don't want to claim the mantle of all that work because that would be that would not be honest. But I, I think we one of the roles that we've played is to get people out on the street. Many other groups have also played that role. But People's Climate Movement nationally has played that role, although they're quite dormant right now nationally. Locally in New York City, we've definitely played that role um, of uh, there isn't a big demo that we don't love. So we feel very strongly that, uh, yes, you have to have electoral work. Uh, yes, you have to have the research, but you also have to have people in the street pushing for the changes that we need and engaging people to make it a mass movement. Right. And in the, in the march that you all did through the financial district on Friday, uh, when you all stopped in front of the Federal Reserve, uh, City Comptroller Scott Stringer was there, and, and he really credited you all and others for uh, pushing him and other city leaders to divest billions of dollars in, in fossil fuel stocks from the city pensions. And we're going to have, we're going to have to wrap it up very quickly, but speaking of that gathering in front of the federal reserve, why, why the federal reserve, if you can in about 20 seconds, explain why that's now a focal point. Because they, they help fund the fossil fuel industry. Almost the entire financial industry supports fossil fuels we need to make them a, a pariah industry, and we need to withdraw all the funds we possibly can from pensions, from the Federal Reserve, from people's own investments. We've got to get rid of fossil fuels. That message has to be loud and clear. Let's pull the rug out from under them. Okay. Thank you so much, Nancy Romer from the New York City People's Climate Movement. And that's uh, about wraps it up for uh, this evening's uh, news hour. I want to thank uh, Reggie, John uh, Reggie Johnson, our uh, board operator, our producer, Amba Gagarian, 